Hello. Welcome to this week's episode of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast. My name is Jennifer Apple. And this week, I talked to makeup artist and hairstylist Brenna Drury. From her experiences working for many years in the industry, Brenna sheds light on the distinct intricacies of her craft, from understanding the different expectations of makeup and hair on set, to advice for those interested in working in the field, and favorite tips for those looking to enhance their everyday beauty routines. We break down misconceptions and expectations of makeup artists and hairstylists, talk about advocating for fair compensation and otherwise, and the significance of communication and collaboration with those around you. Enjoy. Brenna Drury, hi. Hi. <laughs> so good to see you. Me too. It's been a while. It has been a moment. Um, for anybody who does not know you, who are you today? I am a makeup artist and hairstylist in New York, cat mom. And um, for the past few years, I've been doing a lot of like self-exploration um, and the work, you will. So mm-hmm. balancing those two major parts of my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that you bring that into the space as part of the thing like how it's not just you know the career hat it's also the personal hat and how those two things go hand in hand especially with the work that we do i actually like have that as one of my notes um because i was thinking about it and like my identity for so long has been brenna as a makeup artist and Mm -hmm. what i wrote is that it's always going to be there for me and that Mm -hmm. it's like I'm sure that's the same with a lot of um, like forms of art that like, even if you aren't working like the height of your career at the moment, if you're like being a mom or taking care of your mental health or anything in between, Mm -hmm. it's like, you're still an artist. Like that's a hundred percent part of me. So um, yeah, I've been trying to like be easy on myself um, Mm -hmm. and like know that it's, I can be both. I can do both. Yeah. Well, it's fascinating because I think that people prioritize not necessarily the self part or like the self excavation part of it, but they they take for granted the self part rather than the artistry part. Like I actually think it sounds like you have it the other way around where you know your worth in your art and now you're trying to foster the human part where I feel like so many artists that we've had in this space are actually the opposite where it's like they they've really like spent the time on themselves but like they do not trust frankly that their art is always there and that they are an artist no matter how much they're working or little or like that part and I I think it's helpful to be reminded that both that people exist and do do and feel all of that well I'll say that like I think it's a little bit more recent for me Mm -hmm. um that I've been like comfortable there um like a little backstory of like where that mentality started is that yeah um, I was with an agency, a celebrity-based agency for five years, and um, the like notoriety and the attention and the respect that I got there, it felt really great. It like, you know, came like mentally with its own uh, <laughs> little like bumps along the way. But when I left them, I was questioning my self-worth and I was mm-hmm. questioning my worth as an artist and if anyone would care about me still. Mm-hmm. Um, and like something that I'm proud of is that I gave myself the space and the time away from Mm -hmm. another agency. Like I got the advice to like, you know, set yourself up, like go somewhere else. But I, like my soul was telling me, it's like, why don't you figure out what it is that you want? Mm. Like, you know what you don't like, but what is it that you want? Um, yeah. And yeah, that space to like discover like who I am. Yeah. I was still doing makeup. Um, but I wasn't like pressuring myself to like move on to the next project or work with the, so good. the next person. Yeah. yeah, it's so good. You you listened to yourself and not the hustle that the industry is demanding of us so much. Um, what a gift you gave yourself. I'm curious how you began this journey, how you knew you were good at makeup, hair, how you discovered that this was a possible career. Like how did this all come to be? Well, I knew I liked it. Um, mm-hmm. But I have to give like a a giant chunk of credit to um, a teacher I had in middle school and my 
my mom and my sister. Um, when I was in middle school, I was like, um, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was 11. Um, and so I had extra time. I was in extra classes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, or like, I, I didn't have to take language or whatever. Um, and I had one teacher who recommended a, like a cosmetology program in a vocational school. Wow. Even when you were that young. Yeah. And I didn't, wow. I was like float, like, I will admit that like a lot of my life I've kind of like floated through things because mm -hmm. I just, it was overwhelming and just mm -hmm. I was trying to do the best I could. So um, she recommended it. And my sophomore year to my senior year, I did cosmetology throughout high school. Wow. A blessing, such a blessing. Um, it was really fun. Um, and from there, I I tried community college. Okay. Um, didn't go so well for me. Mm -hmm. um, but then I kind of started partying a little too much after high school, and I was a little lost. Um, and my sister and my mom were like, you need to do something with your life. You're going to makeup school. So they found the makeup designery, which was in Soho at the time. And so I did a 10-month uh, program there. Wow. And that's when I really fell in love with makeup because cosmetology school is like mostly, it's like the basics, but it's like mm -hmm. a lot of hair and, you know, you learn like nails and facial or whatever. And it's like not a lot of makeup if at all. Mm -hmm. um, so I did that and then started like assisting and I think assisting is so important because it taught me like what I like and what I don't like. And it taught me like, the possibilities that were there and that was so like um eye-opening for me yeah like, all the who, places. Like, what kinds of assisting were you doing like people who were working on what kinds of clients um a lot of editorial mm -hmm. and um like commercial shoots mm -hmm. uh i was doing some bridal mm -hmm. um that was like mainly how i started like the advertising commercial assisting a lot of editorial mm -hmm. um and like i guess like that is how my journey to like knowing my talents because i do both like not everybody does makeup and hair um mm -hmm. i was get, like the artist that i was working with they would like be like oh can you like do this hair or whatever and um what i learned is that <laughs> A lot of artists will take jobs that are for makeup and hair and hire either a makeup assistant or a hair assistant to kind of mm -hmm. do that. And then they take majority of the money. But I was like, this is great. People trust me. I get to like, I, you know, got images like yeah. it, it worked out how it did. Once I like realized what was happening, I was like, oh, OK, like I am capable of doing the job on my mm -hmm. own. So I like I very much have learned along the way. There was no um template that i followed or mm -hmm. yeah i just kind of flowed yeah and so now when you are hired do they have to caveat whether it's for both hair and makeup do you have to ask in advance like how does it work and then i'm kind of a stickler yeah. for that now and it's mostly to advocate for the industry as a whole in what um, way it's it's kind of a huge topic and a huge problem I'll say in our industry where brands don't want to pay full rates so they get someone who does both and like will either like cut it in half so essentially who's doing the job is doing it for the price of one or they'll like lower it enough where it's like as an artist it's enticing because it's like okay I could make you know x amount more than I would be making mm -hmm. um so I do understand why people do it. I'm like guilty of it as well, but it really undercuts the industry. Yeah. And it, it like, I feel like it dilutes the talent of the individual. So when you're hired, you're like, okay, you're hiring me for this specific skill set and also this specific or this specific skill set, or it's just one or the other. Yeah. yeah. I'll say like that they're like two different jobs. So okay. this is my like rate for makeup and this is my rate for hair. And as long as it's like, enough that I would take the job solo. Like if I would take X amount for makeup, mm -hmm. even if it's like less than like my full day rate, mm -hmm. I'll, you know, work with the clients. Cause some people mm -hmm. like genuinely the budget is lower, but it's high mm -hmm. enough for me 
to feel like I'm getting paid adequately. Yeah. Um, so it's a delicate dance, but I try and like, I don't intentionally let people undercut me. Like I don't want to be that. Yeah. No, I mean, you need to know your worth and you need to get your worth. And arguably the people who are going to hire you at your rate are the people who are going to respect your work. So I feel like everyone ends up winning. If I accept X, then they're going to expect that moving forward. Exactly. And I just like them to know hairstylists and makeup artists are separate crafts. And like, if you were to hire two people, this is what you would be paying. Great. Well, let's break it down. What exactly are these crafts? Let's say I'm either trying to hire you to be one of these things Mm -hmm. or I am interacting with you as the client in either of these hats. What what is the interaction? What is the play? What are the responsibilities? So it depends on the job that we're at. Um, Typically know beforehand um, who I'm kind of uh, reporting to. If it's a private client, if it's bride, I'm speaking directly to them. We're having the, like prior to booking, like I learn their expectations, make sure that like we're the right fit, um, which is extremely important. And if it's like a, a job where there's going to be like a team, you know, finding out who, because sometimes there'll be like a lot of cooks in the kitchen. So like yeah. who is... Um, directing the vision and that's typically who I'm I'm reporting to um, okay. something that I think has has shifted a little bit especially with like the jobs that I'm on um, is when I am working with like models that that used to be like the standard where it's like I don't know if you've heard this where they're like the hanger mm-hmm um, that kind of crossed over to like makeup. And- For those who don't know that, what what are we referring to? <laughs> Basically like that they're not a human. They are a hanger that right. you close sit on or, you know, right. like they're just like the visual. Um, and that kind of crossed over to hair and makeup where it would be like they had absolutely no say mm-hmm. where depending on the job, sometimes they like don't really. But I always like to make sure, you know, make sure that they're comfortable, that they have water, mm-hmm. that they've been able to eat like those things that don't have anything to do with hair and makeup, but have everything to do with um, like our vibe and yeah. just like our interaction. Like I want them to know that like I am taking care of them. Yeah. Not only the way that they look, but cause it starts with us. Like whether it's like red carpet or a bride or any of these things, like the, mm-hmm. the talent starts with us. So I try and yeah. keep that in mind. Yeah. And in terms of like your actual responsibility, like as um, hair or and makeup, like yeah. where, what is that? That also depends on the job. Um, mm-hmm. Some clients have like this vision that like I just make come to life. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they have absolutely no idea what they're looking for. And I will like pull inspiration. I will give my opinion. Um, and sometimes it's like in the middle, like they have this idea, but like my professional opinion is a little different. So I'll, um, let them know where I'm coming from and what I can bring to the table and, um, see if we can like work together, collaborate a little bit. But I, I think something that like sets me apart from some artists is that some artists like have a look or have a way of doing things. And that's Mm -hmm. just it and that's what they're hired for i'm a little bit more flexible i Mm -hmm. i like to just like make the people that i'm working with happy and like which whatever way i can do that within my comfort zone i'm like happy to do yeah which is why i think you're in this space right now is because of your flexibility and the way that you work Mm -hmm. and and i would call it your collaborative spirit around it you know, where it's like you recognize that this is part of a bigger picture and there are yeah. human beings involved who care and they all have a lot of feelings and opinions about all of the things and how can we all come out feeling seen, yeah. contributing to the thing, working together to make sure that everyone is as happy as they possibly can be and also like understood for what they want within this vision. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think yeah. is great. Um, what about like – let's do an example. I'm all about an example. Okay. Let's say I am booked on set and you've been hired for this set to be the makeup artist. Um, let's say it's not something that's like, you know, crazy in terms of, you know, it's not like special effects makeup, which is a whole other conversation. Like, let's say this is like, you know, 
not like basic, but like you're putting on nothing that's insane on my face. Okay. With that said, what am I as the arguably the client in this situation, though I didn't get I didn't hire you specifically. I'm here. What is my responsibility to you? How do I show up? How do I interact with you? Like what what is it for me showing up on set not having knowing known you beforehand? Like yeah. what do I do? Let's like break this down as like um, your ideal I walk in. <laughs> I'd say it starts at home with like this is just obviously like my opinion. I don't mean anything yeah. rude by this, but like with hygiene. Um say like making sure that you're like teeth are brushed, your skin is like it doesn't have you could walk in with makeup and I would take it off but like making sure that um like the hygiene is safe for like me and for you mm-hmm. <laughs> be off your phone off, off of your computer um I like I said before like I want I don't want anyone to be like sitting in my chair starving but like you could eat a little bit before or like if you only have a few minutes I'll just be like eat, eat really quickly mm-hmm. but like not doing all of that stuff like while you're in the chair um Mm -hmm. it does take longer for me which can affect um the client Mm -hmm. which comes back to me so yeah yeah, just like really just like relaxing and like letting me do my job um communicating Mm -hmm. like if you have i'll like typically ask if there's anything that i should know about your skin like communicating if there's any allergies like um I always ask, do you want me to curl your lashes or would you prefer to do it? Some people get like scared or like don't like things too close to their Mm -hmm. eyes. So just like speaking up about like those, those things are important for me. I don't, I never want to like, I can usually tell (laughs) by energy, Mm -hmm. but like, yeah, just communicating and relaxing. Yeah. How do I know when I've overstepped with my communication? Like, let's say, you know, I'm particular about certain things or I only like, you know, certain kinds of texture on my skin or, you know, like makeup brands. On, like, where where does the line get drawn for that or does it not? I mean, that would be something that needs to be discussed prior. If I showed up to a job and if you were a personality, that would – more likely be discussed prior like if there are needs or asks if you were a model that's not something that they would typically like discuss before and as a makeup artist it's my responsibility to have like not only different shade ranges but different um products for like different types of situations if somebody like was like i don't like any of them then that's a you problem you know but i'm (laughs) i am like you said collaborative so it's like my skin gets really dry Mm-hmm. I don't know things like that. I would also like discuss. Yeah, but you kind of mentioned it with like you know being as present as possible or mitigating how much you're doing while you're in the chair. Are there any pet peeves that you have specifically when somebody is sitting in front of you? Probably the computer a little bit more than the cell phone, just because it's like chunkier, so it's mm-hmm. hard for me to like get close. Yeah. Um, and then typically with that, the person's like not only the like looking down, their head is also down. So mm-hmm. just creates more time and yeah. like frustration for my What boss. about if I were to be coming to you for hair on a on a set instead? Again, like what is my responsibility prior and what is my responsibility while I'm there or my etiquette? Yeah. Um I mean clean hair. Again, like like the hygiene mm-hmm. part of it. I guess again communication of it it takes like both of us, but I like to ask I like to ask a bunch of questions. Yeah. I think something with like textured hair, I always make sure to discuss heat because I know that there's so many different preferences and yeah. I never want to um, disrespect someone's comfort in that way. Yeah. Just if you have any anything that like you're not just saying it to say it, but something that like means something to you that we're like able yeah. to pivot from. I think. Do you have a certain preference for the way in which somebody tells you that they would like an adjustment or they prefer something like literal, like the way that people speak to you? Uh, yeah, nicely. <laughs> I, um, depending on the job again, um, if mm-hmm. it is a private client, I usually start with like, this is your face. If there's anything you want to adjust, just let me know. Like to, to create that comfort. Like I remember when I used to get my hair done, like I would, I've gotten it done where I'm like, I don't like it, but I, didn't feel like comfortable saying anything or whatever. Yeah. And I never want my clients to feel like that. Um, 
I've also gotten pretty good at responding. So like, um, I think like kindness is obviously my first recommendation to anybody speaking yeah. to any other person. Um, yeah. But if somebody like snaps at me, I'm aware that they could be having a bad day, mm-hmm. you know? So I'll try and let them know that I'm, I'm just here to like make you feel better. And yeah. there, there are some people who like, that's just the way they are. And I do what I do. And then I leave being like, Oh, I never want to see that person again. <laughs> but sometimes we turn around, you know, like they're, maybe they're anxious about mm-hmm. getting their makeup done. They've never worked with me before. They yeah. had experiences in the past. And I, I am pretty good at like, knowing where something is coming from and mm-hmm. uh, not taking it personally. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good reminder too, which is like ultimately we're humans and ultimately, I mean, a good reminder for us just generally as people is to remember that we all come in with our own form of baggage and we that manifests itself in all sorts of ways, depending on the day and location and time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just holding everyone with a little bit of grace and forgiveness and that ultimately if you can own when communication is helpful in order to mitigate the feelings part of it um because everyone's just really trying to just do their best literally on the day yeah like i'm an overpacker so i'm like what if i need this what if i need this what if i need this Mm -hmm. and i like to have everything so that when like if somebody is expecting me not to have something or like Mm -hmm. just like looking for something to pick at we can pivot like I'm there with you like yeah what do you need yeah Yeah. well that was going to be my next question but I feel like you just answered it which is like do I for both makeup and hair need to bring anything specifically of mine to the space I would hope not okay a lot of my clients or people I've worked with with like deeper complexions will say I brought my foundation And that hurts my heart every time I hear it. Mm-hmm. I understand it. Um, it's a way for them to like protect themselves from looking uncomfortable or you know mm-hmm. like not having the right shade match. Um, yeah, you shouldn't have to. Like that's why I'm the professional. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that the tides are still turning on, where mm-hmm. there are a lot of experiences that I've heard of clients when it comes to hair and makeup the artist not having the right thing and in those situations it like especially in the moment it seems to fall on the person the model Mm -hmm. the client um feeling uncomfortable feeling upset all these things when like the professional is the one who should be embarrassed who should be called out who like that that uh communication should be like focused on. But let's say somebody is in that position because I have also, I have friends who have been in a position like that, unfortunately, as well. Um, And they are feeling unseen and arguably at some point maybe unsafe because of that Um, and um, not feeling like they can advocate for themselves or that somebody has the tools or resources available to meet them where they are and what their needs are. Yeah. What is best in that? Obviously, it depends on the situation, depends on like who the boss is and depends on the, yeah. the ladder. Yeah, I mean, that's like tricky for me personally to answer because uh, what I want to say, like, or obviously I will never be in, in their shoes. Yeah. What I want to say is like fucking walk out (laughs) or go to the top person and say, you hired someone who doesn't like know how to do my hair. That's your problem. But I mean, like there's the, what if I look unprofessional? They need to make their money. They don't want to Mm -hmm. um, like be seen as dramatic or start a problem. Like there's so many factors to take into consideration. So like how should somebody handle it? I wish that I had like a perfect answer, but what I will say is that like it is the artist's fault, yeah. and it is also the person who hired them. Like both those people are equally as responsible. Like if yeah. you have a person of color, uh, if you have someone with like specific needs, and that's not something you think about when you're hiring a professional, like you need to be called out for that. That can't happen again. Yeah, yeah no, I think I, I love that you're naming this as something that needs to be of consideration. Um, in that just because somebody is, say, a makeup artist or just because somebody does hair doesn't mean that they know how to do all hair or all complexions. Yeah. Um, and that 
on if somebody is, you know, listening to this and they are, you know, hiring a staff for a film that they're producing on their own to ask these questions when you are doing the hiring too of an individual to come onto your set and being like, what is your experience with this and how would you well, be able to support the space? I don't know if you if you saw um, part of the like the SAG agreement. I forget exactly the rules, but when it comes to textured hair, that if the stylist is like unable to complete the job, there is compensation for talent to get their hair done. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot more pressure for there to be, just say, competent artists. Yeah, Yeah, or well-rounded or actually trained in all of the – or (laughs) self-aware. Like, you know, I think there's something to be said about knowing what you can do and what you can't do, and that doesn't make you any less of an artist. It just means that there are some things that you might not be as skilled at that another person might be better suited for. So I was thinking about that. And um, there's like obviously differences when it comes to makeup and hair Mm -hmm. there because there are specialty stylists who um, maybe specialize in like locks or particular styles like braids. you know, not every stylist is like going to know how to do those things well, but there's mm-hmm. a difference between like knowing those styles or like even like cultural styles, knowing how to creatively like come up with styles like that um, and knowing like the basics because like textured hair is like, it's still hair and you should know how mm-hmm. to style like if somebody has their hair braided you can still style that you know like there are people who will show up with their hair braided and it's like oh their hair is done but it's like it's not styled like Mm -hmm. you put in a ponytail a bun it could be rebraided like there's like so many things that can be done with different um yeah styles of hair and that's the basics right and that's everybody should know yeah i love i love that you're speaking on that um because the it's it is it's the small little nuances that you know for people who don't (laughs) know what it is that you do i think to to understand that there is a foundation that there is where that where like the expectations lie and where it doesn't is helpful so that we can all advocate for ourselves better the way that we need to um to better if, if we understood what is quote unquote supposed to be on the other side of you know, yeah. that position. Um, yeah. I mean, the way I was thinking about it is like, take makeup, the makeup side of it. Mm-hmm. Color theory is number one for makeup. Mm-hmm. And to like exclude shades and ranges, when you look at it that way, it, it, it seems a lot more in- intentional. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you going to like study something, but only study some of it? Yeah. I never want to be that artist. My thing is I want anybody to be able to sit in my chair and for me to make them feel better. I don't yeah. claim to know to know everything, um, but I want anybody to be able to sit down and for me to like give them a little a little love and for yeah. them to walk away and feel like taken care of. Yeah. Have you been using the same monologue for years and could use a new piece? Are you applying to BA, BFA, or MFA programs and need a monologue for that process? Are you simply someone who has no idea where to search for monologues? Well, lucky for you, I do what is called monologue sourcing, in which I find monologues specifically chosen for you. So many artists use pieces based off external labeling for types and roles rather than find pieces sharing who they really are and what speaks to them. So we meet virtually together and you share with me who you are as a human, what you love, dislike, your values, beliefs, family, friends, love, politics, you name it. I will help guide you through this. Don't worry. And then I go off on my own and I find you monologues chosen just for you that fit like a glove. I have been doing monologue sourcing for years as an extension of the coaching I do with artists, and I have found pieces in this way for over hundreds of artists thus far. So if you are someone who wants to feel empowered about the monologues you bring into rooms and use for auditions, I would love to help you find them. And because you are a dedicated listener of the Empowered Artist Collective podcast, I want to provide you with a custom link to an exclusive rate when you check out today. Head to empoweredartistscollective.com slash podcast promo to register. 
That's empoweredartistcollective.com slash podcast promo. I cannot wait to find you monologues you absolutely adore. What are some of your favorite clients or the ones that you work with a lot? You don't have to name drop them if you don't want to, but like, what about these people that you work with often do you really enjoy with these collaborations? My client range is pretty wide. Like I do corporate to carpet to bridal and they all like bring something different for me. I love like working with my clients one-on-one. Those are like more of my private clients. Um, like working with corporate is fun because it's like typically people who know nothing about my world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would probably never really cross paths with them or have conversations, but we get to have like moments. And when they like uh, appreciate my craft or when they like learn something or feel good, it's like, it's just cool to me. I'm like, yeah, All right, I love this. And like celebrity is fun. Like when you get, to see your work in like a photo that's like Mm -hmm. a really really clear perfect getty image it's like there's always like that nervous weight of like when it drops it's like what is it gonna look like yeah 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 Um, so that's just like fun you know to like create a look and then to see it um and i i love working with teams i love working on set um Mm -hmm. that like not only like the collaboration part and like seeing your work after but like literally just like working with a group of people because as a freelancer I'm often working on my own so yeah um I I like that my jobs are all over the place because then it's just something different every day and I get to meet so many people yeah for people who are really into hair and really into makeup and they're thinking perhaps like, huh, maybe this is something that I actually want to pursue as a profession or as something to support my artistry while I'm, you know, not performing or whatever it is. How Obviously, there's no one right way to do this, like no artist positioning or freelance position. But where would you have people kind of start? So like you said, there's no one way to do it. but there are like, I'll give you a few different ways to try. Um, One is like, if you have a particular interest, like if you're interested in being a celebrity makeup artist, you would want to assist celebrity makeup artists. (laughs) You get to um, learn from them. And oftentimes, you know, if you're a first assistant, if you've working with someone for a long time and they trust you and they like your work, um, you can work on their clients if they can't do it or you are um, maybe doing an eye or doing the skin while they're doing something else. So how do you get those opportunities? You could email an agency and put your get yourself on an assistant roster. You could reach out to the artist directly. Um, it always I've had I've had people in my um, my Instagram DMs saying if I need mm-hmm. an assistant every time I'm like, it's so weird, like, but it feels nice um yeah so yeah like instagram you can find their email and email them directly um i mean event you can go to their classes like if they're they're also educators or like um trade shows you can introduce yourself directly putting yourself out there in general (laughs) is like a big part of it and that depends like if you're on the shire side maybe online is easier for you or you can meet them in person and put yourself out there that way. I'd say like one of my top um, pieces of advice that has helped me a lot, um, not only make like money, but also um, gain like new clients is to be genuine. Um, Mm -hmm. Even if you're not like creating like friendships where you're hanging out like every day or outside of work. um, I love meeting artists. I love like lifting up other artists and recommending other artists. And I think that has taken me pretty far um, Mm -hmm. because people can trust that I'll show up if I'm like showing up with them, that I'm going to show up on time. I'm going to be professional. I'm not going to try and steal your client. Like I respect, I respect the artists that I work with and I love a lot of them. And so like not being shady, Mm -hmm. like you think you're getting ahead. That's, that's not the way to do it. Like the more people who respect you and trust you, the more recommendations that you're going to get. And then giving it back to those people. Like 
if you are in your ego and you're like, oh, I don't want to give it to my friend because then they might like her more. Like, that's not an abundance attitude. And um, your friend will probably be like, I've given you so many jobs. And then you, you know, you're, you considered somebody else over me. Like, just thinking about that, I think is important. Like the friendships that you make. Um, You could do like a makeup course. Make sure that whoever you're learning from is someone that like you respect, that mm-hmm. you admire. I mean, I started with doing like friends and family, like my mom's friends, like, you know, yeah. like play around like the, I think that I didn't grow up like YouTube started, I guess, like around like gaining popularity around the time that I started, but like, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of pressure to be like yeah. famous in whatever it is that you're doing. So I would also recommend just like not forgetting to have fun. Like yeah. do it because you love it. I think that, yeah. that will get you pretty far as well. Yeah. No, you mentioned so many things. It's like a treasure trove. <laughs> because I think what you're talking about ultimately is the community part of it and like how no matter what side of this creative field you sit, it's whether you want to call it networking or you want to call it relationship building, like it really is about people. (laughs) It's a people facing industry and they were interacting with real human beings and creating genuine relationships that then can continue fostering themselves and fostering other people. You're also calling in like-minded individuals who you really love to collaborate with, who would probably love to collaborate with you by just procuring good people around you and the people that you respect and then respect you. Um, And the reciprocity in that, to know that no matter what, you can rest your head at night knowing that like you were truthful and yourself and people around you also received that and were given that from you. Um, it just makes the art better anyway. And also just like your, your day spent better yeah. and the people that you're I surrounding yourself with. It takes so much energy to like, you know, always be plotting or always be scheming or to like yeah. feel like, you know, if you're, if you're like kind of like doing that and you're probably paranoid that other people are doing that to you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. Like, uh, yeah. But there's also the trust in the fact that like it's going to work out, which is really hard when when we are in a society that, you know, pushes the hustle and pushes success in quote, large quotations, whatever that means to remember that like eyes on your own path. Staying in your own lane. Yeah. But like in a way that isn't about staying small, right? Like I feel like there's also like you can stay in your own lane, but also take up the space while you're in that lane. Like not to try to diminish yourself because of all the other noise or individuals around you who might be maybe louder in their own way. You know, I think just like trusting that your art and your artistry is enough and will be seen and respected by those who are into that thing. And again, that collaboration is going to be there and the word of mouth from that is only going to continue. It's harder, you know, easier said than done when you're in it, when you're just like, I want more or different or whatever, but the trust. Yeah. I've gotten advice in the past. It's like, even if you don't think they're listening or they're watching, like they are, you know? And so like, it can be disheartening if like someone that you trusted, you know, does something shady or whatever, but like, let them be seen for that and you mm-hmm. to be seen as like who you are and like not change yourself for, for the situations that you could be put in. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, for somebody like myself who, you know, I wouldn't call myself a makeup aficionado or a hair aficionado in any capacity, really. I think I like have figured out how to do the things on my body for myself. Yeah. And, you know, in grad school we had to take an extensive makeup class to like age us or, you know, make us younger and different genders. And it's like all of the things and the technical part of it, which was a a total blast. And I have some character makeup. Exactly. Total character makeup. Um, In addition to like the neutral part of it, but I guess like tips and tricks from home for like any of us who want to maybe experiment a little bit or who want to try some things or just even foundational stuff, like anything for people, like just humans. (laughs) Okay. So the first thing is knowing your why before you do anything, know why you're doing it. Um, With the like volume of products and content that we're seeing, um, I think it's hard not to feel like, oh, I need this or, oh, I need to. Yeah. So knowing your why. I mean, that is a big question though. Like it's so noisy out there in terms, even if you're like scrolling on TikTok or Instagram or just every single, you know, 
website having their sale like i you don't need, how do you and people are now you know sponsored by the thing so you don't really know if it's actually right or actually good you're just being told to get it with this discount like what how do you even decipher through the noise if you know your why i mean well firstly like take i think in general life advice uh take a step back from noise even if it's not like makeup noise, whatever the noise is, take a step back from it. Um, you can probably think a little bit clearer. Um, yeah. So like what, why I wrote down like know your why, um, like generally speaking, it's like, do I want my skin to look more even? Do I want my skin to look maybe like more hydrated? I get people who, who think that they can fix certain things because of makeup and sometimes mm -hmm. it's skincare. Mm -hmm. that they need you know like like people will make the joke oh, make me look younger <laughs> it's like i can definitely like i have tricks that can that can do that and like that starts with like hydrated fresh looking skin mm -hmm. tip number one well it goes back to your your you know like coming back the the cleanliness part of it all too which i mean that whatever the word is the um the, what you use the phrase what's thank you yeah the hygiene part of it all um yeah you know which is a whole other conversation. Starting like skincare is like starting at like it's before makeup. Mm -hmm. um, I'll do like my my rundown of like the basics, and when Love. I say it out loud, it sounds like a lot. Um, but this is like someone who doesn't wear a lot of makeup or like a, a quick like day look or whatever. Okay. Is um, starting with skin. Whether you're just wearing skincare, you're wearing a tinted moisturizer you're wearing a full coverage foundation, um, find a base that like works with your lifestyle and with your skin. Rewind, sorry, uh, sunscreen, 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 sunscreen. Yeah. Um, add it to your neck, add it to your chest, not just your face. Skincare, any foundation you might use, um, any concealer. Uh, there's different ways that you can like layer foundation concealer. You can just wear a concealer. Like say you have a breakout, you have a little under eye darkness, mm -hmm. you can just do concealer and not wear anything on your skin. So like goes back to the why, like what do I want to accomplish with my skin? I don't want it to mm -hmm. look and then do that. Um, groom the brows. Sometimes just like a little, sometimes brushing could be a night and day to like looking lifted and awake and groomed. Um, mm -hmm. Brow gel, if you want, if you're, why is like, I want my brows to look more even. Then you want to get a product, you know, to help fill in the brows. Lash curler. Uh, okay. every Does that eventually ruin your eyelashes? That's, I feel like, a question that I've heard a lot. You want to keep it clean. It can okay. get crusty. Um, it can get mm -hmm. sticky. That is not healthy for, for lashes. You don't want to use it when the lashes have mascara on it. I know some people do that, and if it works for you, whatever. But that's not my recommendation. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so, and and I, I have naturally curly lashes. I don't really use a lash curler. So it's not like a necessity, but it is something that like can open up the eyes. It can mm -hmm. A little tip that can be used is um, like some people have uh, in their waterline, which is like mm -hmm. on the bottom lash, it can be like a little red mm -hmm. um, that can make you look tired. Or um, like if you put a nude in that, in that it can um, help open up the eye. Would you say a nude eyeliner or would it be yeah. a nude like piece of con little c concealer? <laughs> a nude eyeliner. Got it. Yeah. Because um, you want it to like stick to that area. That's a great trick for like if you're going on camera, like say you have like an audition, hydrated lips is an important part of that. And then you can you can add from there. Like you want to add a little bit of blush. You want to add a little bit of eyeshadow. Um, you want to add like bronzer or contour. But like those are like mm -hmm. the basics. So if you have five minutes or you just need to like level up, um, a nice highlighter, I love as okay. well. I'm a fan of uh, cream or liquid mm -hmm. highlighters um, that aren't very glittery. As opposed to a powder, you mean? As opposed to a powder for that like, like that fresh look. You know, mm -hmm. like it looks like you just got a facial or just like yeah. You know, when you turn your hits the light a little bit and it just gives you that some like that little something extra. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are all things that like sometimes I'll like be with people and they're asking me about makeup and I'm like, yeah, just these like little tricks can yeah. elevate your yeah. everyday look. Well, I think it's a reminder that, I mean, again, it's anybody's comfort for however they feel comfortable and confident walking out of their own space. And I love that about 
makeup or no makeup. It's just like truly like you can enhance or detract from however you decide. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's the transformative part of it, which is really exciting. I, I think, again, it's like the pressure of you know, expectations that especially women are supposed to look a certain way and then we have to, you know, succumb to consumerism to make this happen. I mean, all of that's a whole other conversation mm -hmm. that is, you know, deeply rooted in the makeup industry, which is a billion dollar industry. But to know the why, I love that. To come back to it, to remember for you, what are you trying to accomplish, if anything, on that day or maybe the next day and that yeah. can change. Remembering that's flexible. I love that. Yeah. Um, what about for hair? Just like a basic, like how do I feel like I'm a human? Let's say I don't wash my hair every day, which hopefully, you know, many people don't. Or like let's say we're hydrating differently or yeah. let's say we have different texture. Like what are some, again, recognizing everyone's a different individual with different hair. Yeah. Like what is something that I can do to like help me? <laughs> I feel like for, for curly hair, um, water is your best mm -hmm. friend. Like you're not washing it all the time, but it it can, depending on um, the porosity of your hair, it can lose hydration and you don't necessarily need to like shampoo and condition your hair all over yeah. again. You can like wet it down. And if you mm -hmm. need to like add more products, I'd like to uh, use like a little flyaway products. Mm -hmm. um, that's a way to look, oh, we'll talk like camera ready. Sure. Um, if I get hired to make sure someone looks camera ready and we like don't have time for like hot tools or anything like that, I want to make sure that, um, there's no like, like pieces out of place. Like I don't have like a piece of hair sticking up here um, yeah. or like anything that's distracting. Like if there's a piece that's like falling in my face and I have an audition, I may want to like add some spray to keep it out of my face. And like flyaways are like a big thing that like, it can make you look a little unkept. Mm -hmm. um, anything that's like distracting. Okay. When it comes to makeup and like you were speaking of um, that feeling of like being overwhelmed and like all the things that you need, uh, a recommendation I use, I use it a lot with lashes, but I also think that it can be applied to anything is that you should practice and kind of play with your makeup when you have nowhere to be or nothing to do. Mm -hmm. I think there's like an added pressure when you're going out or when you have something yeah. important that you're trying in that moment. It can be very overwhelming. Um, yeah. So to take that pressure off yourself, like play with it. Like makeup is like supposed to be fun. Mm -hmm. Um, so you know, when people take it too seriously or they're like, this is the way it has to be, you have to do it this way. That's not true. Like you can find okay. a way that works. I could teach you how to to like use a brush to apply your foundation and you could say, I prefer my fingers. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah. um, so practice and play around and see what works for you. Um it can be kind of expensive to do that with products so wherever you yeah. can get samples um mm -hmm. a lot of places will give foundation samples or you know lip samples and like ask for as many of those as you can before you're like investing in all of these um mm -hmm. different things <laughs> when it comes to cleaning up around your eye whether it's like eyeshadow or eyeliner tiny q-tips are like a huge staple in my kit with some like okay. micellar water or like makeup remover um especially wing liner it can be like really difficult um so knowing that like it doesn't have to be applied perfectly the first time and you can like clean it up with that or you yeah. can take a flat brush a smaller flat brush and clean clean things up that way those are two things where people are like i ruined it i can't go back like yes you can <laughs> Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, you just need the right size tool for whatever it is that you're doing. You know, regular size Q-tips might be like too big if you have like a small wing. So just like mm -hmm. prepare in advance to have those things on hand. Yeah. Um, going back to if you want to like do makeup or hair as a career, another piece of advice is to do test shoots, which is where um a team of people who like model, photographer, like hair and makeup, stylist will come together and everybody is there to just create. Mm -hmm. um, it's great. It's it's actually really important to see your work on camera, like yeah. in a photo, uh, because, you know, it could look great in person, but then you can see like maybe in the mascara that there's gaps and you missed some and like you wouldn't mm -hmm. notice it just by looking at it. But if you were hired 
for a cosmetic company or if you were hired for like a shoot where yeah. the um, product is the image, these are important things to know and to think of. And you can learn along the way of what looks good and what doesn't look good. Yeah. Um, and then you're also like meeting other people. Other folks. And yeah. And also that. arguably getting, you know, proof of concept in that like it's you have show people a portfolio. Your yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, it's exactly. a good way to also like see your growth. Um, yeah. So that's like a, like something that I recommend as well. Yeah. It can be really disheartening. Um, you know, if you have a bad day or a client yells at you or like you didn't perform how you wanted to perform. Um, those are always opportunities for growth. Yeah. I love that as a reminder that like no matter where you sit on the creative side of it, everyone is still trying to expand, grow, get more, you know, deep with the work that they do as well as in touch with themselves. And, you know, just going back to like what you were saying in the beginning of like really deepening the balance of your artistry and also your human life so that they both continue to expand upon each other and collaborate with each other and deepen with each other and that you're not separate like they're, these are not two sep- – they're, they're two aspects of who you are, you know, and probably many other aspects of who you are, but they play with each other. For anybody who wants to see your work, who wants to hire you, who wants to collaborate with you, who wants to potentially reach out to you, what within your boundaries are the best places for people to find you, reach out, all of the above? Um, so for like booking information, I prefer email, which is brennadmakeup at gmail.com. And um, to like follow my journey or my work or say hi or ask, you know, makeup related questions or whatever, um, my Instagram, which is brennadmakeup. Beautiful. Um, thank you for being in the space with me and going on this journey and yeah, and sharing all these like tips and tricks. And I know it's so hard because it's such a visual medium what you do. So talking about it on a podcast in some ways feels a little silly because I mean, obviously we're on video here, you know, feel free to watch the video on YouTube, whoever's listening. Um, but it's also like, you know, to talk about something that is such a visual medium without necessarily showing the visuals is I think a very interesting, um, example of, how do, how do we all talk about our craft in all sorts of ways? So I think it translates. Um, yeah, I believe it has, and I think you know, I, I I think that's why I was excited about having you on here was to see how we can have these conversations in all sorts of ways, um, you know, and continue expanding the way that we think about all sorts of artists in our industry, and how we can continue interacting with different people who are artists in their own right within the sphere that we're working in, you know, and. Um, we interact with people like you all the time as artists, you know, and how can we help and how can they help and everybody's helping each other. I don't know. I just think it takes a village and to really understand all the players is important for us to continue expanding our artistry. Yeah, exactly. So thank you. (laughs) Thank you. If something in this episode resonated with you, and more importantly, if this podcast means something to you, it would mean the most to us if you would leave us a positive review. This means the most in podcast land and allows us to continue creating these episodes for you weekly. If you are not yet doing so, please follow us on Instagram at Empowered Artist Collective, on TikTok at Empower Artist Collective, more on our website at empoweredartistcollective.com. If you are seeking some fun, cute merchandise, we have that link for you in the show notes. As always, I am so endlessly grateful that you keep on coming back, and we will be back again next week. Until then.